The Snooze Flip is the most universal mattress on the planet, a mattress that is designed to fit everybody and everybody. Snooze Mattress is introducing the world's first four-in-one mattress, where you can choose from soft, firm, cool, or cozy. Flip it to choose your comfort level and zip it with our reversible and washable temperature-regulated cover. What you want today might not be what your body needs tomorrow. You buy one mattress to last eight years, but a lot can change in that amount of time as you get fitter, heavier, and older. Customize your comfort, zip it, flip it, and choose your snooze. Did you know a study at UC Berkeley suggests that couples who struggle to sleep well fight more often? We spend half of our lives asleep, and for some of us, we spend 100% of that time sleeping alongside our significant other. The Snooze Flip Split King would allow couples to customize their sleep for more restful nights and without sleeping in different rooms. Don't sacrifice your sleep for your partner. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Rudo, Jesse, AJ, coming at you live. We're going to get into some fun little debates a little bit later in the show that, uh, I don't know, I think chat might get mad tonight. I think they might get mad about some of the things uh, we end up doing on the show today, but we'll see how it goes. First, news of the day. Uh, the only thing anyone has really been hype on and, and maybe for all the wrong reasons seems to be New Jersey's New Jersey's, um, <laughs> got the meme in there, funny. but yeah. look, Jesse, AJ and I have not been known for our Jersey takes. So you got anything spicy for us? Dude, look, I mean like, so I, I'm normally for the most part, I'm like you guys We're like, I, I like a nice Jersey. Um, I, I like when teams do some that, that look, you know, look nice, look clean. I think it's a fun little thing that, that, you know, fans get to take part in. Um, dude, these are horrible. <laughs> these are some of the worst jerseys I've ever seen. And like, usually, and like even these ones, you see the full kit, it looks better. This is terrible. I, I, I put something on, uh, on Twitter the day before. Cause, um, where are the riverettes from? What's their uh, city, the, the NWHL team? Talking about the Riveters? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, this is just They're just New York. Like, like uh, they did some jerseys that just released earlier in this week. Uh, big friend of the pod, Justin Cox, did those. And I put it, I said, if you're going to use text on jerseys, this is how you did it. It's stylized. It almost kind of looks like a logo. Martin Brodeur literally just found the first cursive font in Microsoft uh, Word. and I guess they play at Prudential Center. They're in New Jersey. My bad. Oh. <laughs> Even better. Even better. Because they play in the same building as the Devils. Like, these are just bad. And this is the first third jersey New Jersey's ever had. And, and you used it on this? It- if you told me that this was a jersey for Jersey Mike subs, <laughs> I would believe you. Like I'd be like, oh, that makes sense. It's like a promotional thing for them. Right, right, right. That you if, see hanging up in every Jersey Mike's in the country. Yeah. Right. If PK Subban is wearing that and he walks into a Walmart and tries to buy something, I think that the scanner would just keep scanning his his barcodes. Because <laughs> it's just all barcodes. There are some barcodes on that thing. It's true. Well, and he said, that, so Martin Brodeur designed these. Um, and they said that the stripes, there's 21 stripes for 21 counties in New Jersey. It's like, man, that is a reach. 
on yeah, similar. You're stretching for sure. <laughs> and like, did, did nobody stop them and say, hey, it might look like you're just labeling this article of clothing? Jersey. Like, this is Correct. the type of stuff. <laughs> this is the type of stuff, dude, where you see ho horrible decisions made because people are afraid to speak up in meeting rooms. So is it, would it be better if it said devils in the terrible cursive font? Yes. Yes. Okay. It, it, it still wouldn't be good, but it would have been better. Um, or, you know, even if they had done just like a different stylized NJ, but again, that is just the most basic generic cursive font. They should have at least put New Jersey because it also just takes up an odd amount of space on the front of the jersey. I love this PR talk. I never before worn base color. It's black, <laughs> dog. <laughs> well, and, and uh, I love that this it says C Jersey, and had they just put C New Jersey on it, like New Jersey's <laughs> like state of tourism or whatever, <laughs> could have just used it as an advertisement to go see New Jersey. <laughs> I, I I also love for under the crest it says an unabashed proclamation that above all else we play for Jersey. It's like I think just slip a the in there. We play for right. the Jersey. Yeah, it's right. <laughs> I just I can't believe that our fake beer league team has better jerseys than this. Right, right. <laughs> Honestly. And then and then you know what makes it even worse? He's like, wow, it was really bad. And then you stare at him for a while and you realize that they're just bad knockoffs of those Chicago Blackhawks jerseys from like the twenties that they used in the winter classic a couple years ago. And so you, you found a way to like dumb that down and it's just disappointing. Like abs fans went through something like this with the state the last stadium series Jersey. Um, and that's why I, cause again, I, I, for the most part, it's like, whatever, this is a Jersey they'll use once and retire it and we'll never see it again. Uh, you know, for one season, but like fans get excited about this stuff. It's merch you can sell, you know, especially now with like the whole push towards like streetwear, having stuff that's cool and identifiable and stuff that people want to wear outside of the hockey rink. Um, like it's just a bummer for, for devils fans that have waited so long for a th any type of alternate uniform. And this is what they came up with. The part I don't get is the interior color. It's like, oh, cool. You put your three cups on the part of the jersey that no one will ever see. Yeah. I actually like think they've got that on their current ones, too. It's cool that they do that on championship rings, but like right. you're meant to show that shit off to people. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> well, and then did you guys see under the laces? It says that the laces are a, a nod to Martin Brodeur, who... A nod to the was goat. a goalie. Yeah, we'll get into that later. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I just everything about this, just every step of the way, you're like, huh, weird design choice. Huh, weird design choice. Huh. Another weird design choice. Uh and they could have been made five times better by not writing jersey. Again, you just know that there was there was five people in that meeting. Martin Brodeur was the one that put this up on the board and there was a handful of people that were like, those are terrible, but I'm not about to be the one to tell Martin Brodeur that I don't like his jersey. I'm he not convinced that the NHL has hired people who think that those are terrible. <laughs> I, 
I am. I just, I think that you see this stuff get through because everyone's too afraid to speak I, up. It's, why couldn't, all I right. I think that they're bad. Wouldn't it be the <laughs> easiest thing in the world to just add a devil tail to that why? Wouldn't that help at least like a little bit? Oh, you mean stylize the text? Yeah. Yes. We'll make the, like, make just like the little devil tail just right at the end of the yeah. line right there. Yeah. Right. It's not hard. If if AJ and I can come up with this, like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> and then I also think it's so weird when teams put the captaincy on the right chest instead of the left. And because this jersey text has the tiniest angle set to it, they had to move it. Mm, yeah. I don't just move it down. Yeah. Or if they really the wanted bottom. a black if they really wanted a black jersey, they should have just done their jersey but in black. Maybe I, I don't know. They should have done anything other than write jersey across the chest. Of all things they should have done, that should have been last on the list. <laughs> That's really all I've got. I just I, I I was I saw the official release of those today. I was hoping that with the full kit they look better. They don't. There's that, dude. On a uh, on a on a more robust news day, we could have just blown right by this, but today we got nothing. Yeah, we had to right, dunk right. on it. There was nothing going around around. We looked around the league, and it was just like, oh, do we want to talk about injuries? No. Again. Yeah. yeah. And the only the only thing is uh, from <laughs> Avs practice today. Guys are going today. <laughs> guys are going to Dallas, and they may or may not play. So, real meaningful stuff so far. Yeah, Literally. guys are getting closer, but we'll see. It's still, it's still. This might happen, which is where we were yesterday. So, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the peak form of their New Jersey. Not far off from what it looks. I love like sock they did. one and sock two. Yeah, like, that's pretty good. It's like thing one and thing two. You didn't stop at socks. <laughs> Love it. Okay. So, yeah, the, not really any other significant news for the day, at least as far as the ads are concerned. Um, Everyone but McKinnon and Comfer are going on the Dallas trip. Yep. Byram, I think, is the only one that might play. Maybe. Um, Martin Count close to coming back. Just, just really, really quick. Would you put him in ahead of Kiefer Sherwood at this point? Yep. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Sherwood played six minutes last night. Uh, I actually thought he was – I thought Sherwood had a good game in Seattle. And uh, I was like, oh, maybe he can stick around. And then, I don't know, just after last night, like it's one of those things where you can plug Cout into that place if you want. Great. You can keep Sherwood there for another game or two if you want. Great. Um I mean, you can play anyone in that role, right? You might as well right. try and take the upside play. Yeah, the idea with Kout, though, is like you are you understand what Kiefer Sherwood is and what Kiefer Sherwood isn't, and you aren't likely winning a Stanley Cup. Kiefer Sherwood is in your everyday lineup. Not that like he's that bad or anything. It just you could you can do better there. So I think uh, you know with Kout. Give him, give him the extended look, right? Yeah, say so find out because you are starting to get into that territory of like, do you do you know what Cout is when he's coming into the lineup? Yeah, and so give him that opportunity to prove that you don't before he kind of resigns himself to NHL AHL tweener who you kind of know what you're getting. 
Um, yeah, I don't have an issue with it. Okay. Cool. Uh, I was cool. just curious, since we might be we might be coming up on that conversation this week. Yeah, definitely something to keep in mind. Also, keep in mind Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNBR. You can get it down at the DNBR bar, of course, or at your local liquor store. Keep your eyes peeled for their uh, good company hard seltzer, or more importantly, uh, their Christmas kegs. They are out there right now. They're at my local. If you want to get yourself a, a little bit of a, it's not a, it's not a real keg for the record. It's like a, it's a mini keg. So you can, you can get it and keep it in your fridge and it's not unruly, but it's a nice little mini keg that you can, uh, you can have your Christmas ale. Good to go from Brent. You aren't trying to explain to your significant other why you're 44 <laughs> years old and trying to tap this keg in the That's middle of your kitchen while your kids keg. look on in confusion. Honey, what is this in the kitchen? Yeah. <laughs> What is going on? Yeah. Well, get yourself whatever you're feeling from Breck Brew. Available in all of the lower 48. And if you know the right people, available in Canada. Uh, it's true. <laughs> you pay me enough money, I'll, I'll bring that shit to you. <laughs> if you want to afford a real proper keg, maybe the Ball Corporation is what is looking for you. Uh, their golden plant is looking for production technicians. You can read the full description online and apply at jobs.ball.com when you search for golden. Uh, so what does a pr product technician do exactly? The position is on the front line of the aluminum beverage can production process at Ball Plants. The company offers a competitive $27.39 per hour wage with potential for increase at 6, 12, and 18 months on the job. And it offers exposure to a lot of other manufacturing opportunities in the plant. The production technician role touches on the other stages of production, making aluminum cans and ends. So all of that also brings full-time benefits, including a 401k retirement plan, stock purchase ownership program, and even potential for annual bonuses. So jump on it now. Hit up ball right now at jobs.ball.com. Search for that golden plant. Get yourself a nice little job there paying a good wage so you can go buy kegs. Why not? Ball probably makes the kegs. So maybe you get a discount even on the aluminum itself. Uh, all right. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. We want to do something a little bit different on the show today. It's an idea we've been kicking around for a little while where I give these to a topic. And one of them is one of the sides is going to be an obvious one. It's going to be an avalanche tilted defend this topic from the avalanche side, but I'm going to make one of them defend this from the non avalanche side. And they have to dig into this, come up with something that uh, depending on how things go, avalanche fans might not like it, might not like how the debate ends up going on this show. So are both of you ready for this? No, but I think that's kind of the point, right? <laughs> to a certain extent. To a certain extent. All right. So the first topic I have come up with here is Kale McCarr the best defenseman in the NHL? Jesse, you're going to be on the side of yes. AJ, you're going to be on the side of no. <laughs> Damn, Man. I, I... I was actually getting stuff together because I thought I was going to end up being on the side of no. So now I got to kind of pivot here. 
All right. I I mean, I'll I'll cede <laughs> the floor to whoever's ready. I know AJ was doing some research on Adam Fox before the show, but he doesn't look too too pleased <laughs> about it. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you want to go first? No, have at it. <laughs> oh damn, that was me trying to get you to go first. <laughs> Um, right. Off to a strong start here, boys. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Definitely well, prepared. I, I think I think we were both assuming that this was going to be flipped, so I was I was honestly prepping to defend why he wasn't. Um, this is the best part of the show, all right? I'm I don't want researched answers. I want to put you guys <laughs> on the spot and just no, okay, see what you right, can yeah. come up with. Perfect. So so I mean, look, we talked about it a little bit last night, and I actually even said last night on the show that there's a great chance that in his Third, and I'm not even going to use the word full season. Like, I'm not going to use that word because this dude has not skated a full season yet. Um, now, hold on. Also, a quick timeout. Am I laying out my whole argument and then he's going to counter? Or am I kind of doing this point by point? Uh, I would I would say he can counter point by point okay. if he wants cool, to. Cool, 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 cool. Um, use uh, again, with, with, just shout without, objection. Without pulling anything up right, the right Phoenix Wright style. Yeah, exactly. Objection. <laughs> awesome. Anyway, uh, go on. Without pulling anything up right in front of me, um, yeah, until I wait for AJ to start talking. Uh, look, for for the longest time, we were seeing this this whole shift go towards right new age defensemen, but weaker. With with a lot of that, there came the assumption of yeah new age defensemen have to just be passable defensively um and and really good offensively it doesn't matter if they're that underside they got to skate they got to be just passable uh on 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 defense then you look at someone like kale mccarr who well i believe last night what his his course events were 29 4 and 5 against at 5v5 that's this is a guy good. who who leads his team in goals and is so outperforming, like performing in the offensive zone versus the defensive zone that in terms of he generates so much and gives up almost nothing. He gives up almost nothing. He is literally redefining what it is to be a new age defenseman and he is setting the new standard for what makes an elite defenseman, right? Everyone talks about Victor Hedman because he he's been so good at that for so long while he's so stout defensively and he can also contribute up front. Um, you are looking at that in Kale McCarr, but he's a better skater. He's faster. Um, you know, he, he, again, we said it last time on the show. I've never, I've never seen anyone forward or defenseman skate the way Kale McCarr does. He, his skating, pure skating ability, I think is the only person um, him and him and Connor McDavid are in the same tier, and then it's everyone else. All right. Um, just for some points of reference, uh, in the last three years, Kale McCart has the third highest Corsi four of any defenseman with over a thousand minutes. Uh, his goals for percentage is quite a bit lower. However, uh, he comes in at one hundred and eighty third in goals for percent. Oh, that's backwards. Hang on. He comes in at a number. Uh, it would appear that he comes in at eighth at goals four. So still extremely good in goals four percentage. Um, across the board, 
does have very high numbers uh, when it comes to both goal production and prevention. But yes, way that McCarr is in the same tier as McDavid. He's not as fast as McDavid, but but their ability to skate and maneuver the ice and change directions, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. AJ, say some things so I can have some counterpoints to go off of. <laughs> So I don't think that it's uh, I don't even think that it's clear cut that Kale McCarr is even the best defenseman on his own team right now. Uh, I would say that if you go and you look at his wowies and you look at his season this year and you look at the fact that he got off to such a slow start to the season. Well, guess what? He wouldn't play next to Devon Tapes. And as soon as Devon Tapes got back, Kale McCarr's game went to a different level. And so I'm wondering how much of this is a product that we, we you know, Ryan Graves was was all of his success was credited to Kale McCarr carrying him, but how much is how much is Kale McCarr being carried by Devon Taves right now? And the fact that Devon Taves legitimately might be might be one of the very best defensemen in the NHL. And I mean defensemen, not not offensive or defensive or any of that. Just as a just as a just just a hockey player. Devon Taves might 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 be a better all around and more consistent player. So maybe, uh, maybe, maybe it would help. Uh, uh, maybe it would help the McCars case if he was the clear cut best defenseman on his own team. Uh, but I will say that if you're trying to find the best defenseman in the NHL right now, uh, I still, I still, I mean, Victor Hedman is the guy he plays in all situations. Bad year last year. That's no doubt. No argument. doubt about that. Bad year last year, but he's bounced back to regular Victor Hedman levels this year so far. And well, and bad is put very much in it, like right? bad for Victor Hedman, right? <laughs> right Not like right, right. like it wasn't like oh, Patrick Nimitz had a better year, right? It was yeah. like bad for Victor Hedman. Um, but Victor Hedman, Victor Hedman also plays all situations, which is something that Kale McCarr doesn't do. And it's hard to for me. It's hard to say that a guy is the best defenseman in the NHL. If you're not playing in all situations, if you're not playing power play, you're not playing even strength. You're not playing uh penalty kill. Look, you're a defenseman. You're not even on your own team's penalty kill. Uh, for me, it, it, you, there's a feather. There's a feather in the cap that's missing there. When you're talking, when you're talking about guys that do everything at a really high level, I think, I think Victor Hedman is still the gold standard in the league. And you're talking about guy has, Won a Norris Trophy. He's won a Con Smythe. He's finished in the top three of Norris voting five times in his career. I, I'm I'm saying I'm I'm I think that I, I think that Victor Hedman is still probably the guy. He scores at a high level. Doesn't score at the same kind of level as Kale McCarr, but a much better. Um, yeah, literally anybody can play. PK, it's possible. All your coach has to do is say, go do it. But the fact that the coaching staff doesn't trust him enough to do it says a lot. Victor Hedman's out there all the time. Victor Hedman's out there doing the thing. So Kel McCarr isn't. So I'm I'm saying, you know, as uh, all around, all around defensemen, 
I'm still giving so, it to, to, to Victor Hedman. Interestingly, for now. over the last three years, Devontae's does eke out Kale McCarr and expected goals for percentage by just a tiny bit with marginally better defensive side. So, so what I love about this is the two main arguments I was going to lean to lean into if I was on the other side of this were almost identical to what AJ just came up with. Um, in terms of, you know, you have a I don't know if he'll actually get put on Canada's Olympic roster in Devon Taves, but um, that's somewhere where I, where I feel like if they did, he would end up kind of being like the way Kale McCarr was a few years ago at World Juniors, where they were kind of almost playing him as like seventh defenseman. Then he ended up getting the award for best, uh, uh, best defenseman in the tournament. Um, but with that, I, I, I more of think that it is something that Devon Taves and Kale McCarr complement each other so well than it is, Devon Taves actually being the better player than Kale McCarr. Um, because like you said, Ryan Graves is getting a shot as a number one defenseman almost solely because of Kale McCarr uh, and, and what, what Kale McCarr was kind of able to turn him into. And look, like I, I'm not going to argue that, that Victor Hedman isn't necessarily the, the, the gold standard for defensemen. Like you said, this, this dude's a top three Norris vote, vote getter five times. Uh, I believe he has a con Smythe under his belt. Um, that dude has done it in the league now for a long time. To me, the reason I look at maybe Kale McCarr saying, yeah, I would put, I would put McCarr a step ahead of Victor Hedman is again, we haven't even seen this kid play a full season yet. And the fact that he missed as many games as he did last year and still found a way to make his way in second place in Norris voting, he, he's just completely changing the position. Uh, he, he, there is no real comparable for Kale McCarr. Um, you know, th there's someone in the chat saying that he's not in the same tier as McDavid. He can't dance for guys. That is not what I said. I said he's in the same tier of skater. Completely different thing. In terms of his ability to skate, I just I don't know if I've ever seen anyone else other than Connor McDavid float around the way, float around the ice the way he does. And what's what's interesting this is incorrect. about just this comment on the screen is incorrect. Oh, oh, um, uh, oh, shit! I thought you were saying that him floating around the rink is incorrect. I was no, like, he's awesome, man. He's. <laughs> He's a he's a for a defenseman. There isn't anybody in the world that skates like him. Well, and 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 honestly, I mean, he's you know, freak. We we talked about Quinn Hughes a couple years ago. You know, Adam Fox beat him out for Norris last year, but I just don't know if there's any defenseman that is, um, that that plays the way that he does. There's just not a comparable for Kale McCarr right now uh, when he's at the top of his game. And he's 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 got that Nathan McKinnon effect. Like if you go back to the beginning of Nathan McKinnon's career, even before he broke out as as a superstar, any line they moved him to, that line started doing well. And it was always really fun. Like, oh wow, this line's going. Oh, things don't go well. They move Nathan McKinnon. Or, yeah, they move McKinnon around, um, and suddenly a new line starts taking off. We're kind of seeing that same thing with McCarr. You know, yeah, Devon Taves gets back. And now those two are going nuts. But again, it was Ryan Graves. And then the beginning at the beginning of the year, even when we said Kale McCarr wasn't playing well, it was him and Byram. The success just seems to follow him, whichever pairing he's on. So for the record for production, 
there is only one defenseman over the last three years with a minimum of 100 games played that produces at a higher rate than Kale McCarr at five on five, and that is John Carlson. Uh, McCarr at a 1.66 per 60 uh, points per per 60. Uh, so and is that is that just point production or goal production? That is point production. It's points per 60. Yeah. Oh, it's, points it's, per 60. Yeah. And your... and I mean, look, Kale McCarr does not have a shortage of superstars that he plays with but when you're playing with the greatest goal scorer in the history of hockey and, and a bunch of other really good guys john carlson right. is a great 5v5 player which is right i'll just say and john carlson's very good himself um yeah. he's a great he's, offensive defenseman yeah. he's yeah. he's always been a really and, high production guy. and i think that's where kale mccarr starts to separate a little bit is he is within touching distance, if not number one, in a lot of these offensive metrics when you're looking at defensemen. And then you see someone like Devon Taves, who's just edging him out on the defensive side. And and we get back to this conversation where I do think McCarr is a little bit underrated on the defensive side of the puck. I do think people... I, I think nationally he's underrated. Yeah, but I think sure. I think in Colorado, I think we have a pretty good The People who it. watch him every night know what's up. I, well, yeah. Well, and, but... and he's also super underrated in the sense of like everyone calls him an undersized defense. Like he has a physical edge to his game. Uh, You know, he, he, he can he can hit he can win battles, um, and, and yeah, he, he's just he's he's very stout defensively, um, and I also don't know if I've ever seen anyone jump into the league as a defenseman um, and be as effective as he was as quickly as he was. Yeah, I mean, him being as good as he was at at his age is part of the part of the story. You know, because if you do look right. at a guy like Victor Hedman, Victor Hedman rolled into the league, I think, as an 18 or 19-year-old. Uh, and it was, yeah, 19 years old. It took him a couple of years. He was he was several years into his career. And then the, yeah. the switch went on. And, you know, but but with defensemen, that's a lot more of a normal thing. You look at a guy like Devon Taves, although he's more a freak. Um but it's, you know, with Hedman, he's been doing it for such a long time. I think we've seen the best we're going to see out of Victor Hedman in the NHL. And I think moving forward, it's probably Makar. But I still think for uh, when you're talking about a guy that does everything, a two-way guy, guy that's on all the units, a guy that does everything that a team asks of him, uh, McCarr still has a ways to go to get there. Offensively, I think he's probably there. But the rest of the game, defensively, uh, I still but, think but I mean, there's... But, I mean, outside of, like, some of the special teams work, what is missing from his, from his game defensively? Yeah, defensively, I'd like to see – I'd like to see him play with a little more intent in front of his own net. Um, I mean, we're just getting into specifics right, here yeah. and not yeah, something yeah. we're going to – no, I know. Throw tangible yeah. evidence, but uh, I, I, the, he's a guy that I would really like to see play with a little more edge in front of the net. He, he seeds net front really easily, and then he's really inconsistent with how he takes sticks away. Um, and he's always, he's always cheating a step or two towards trying to get out of the offensive zone and or trying to get out of the defensive zone with the puck. And I think that. Uh, I, I, me personally, I could probably live with that 
uh, even on his worst days, uh, because it's, I mean, you, the trade-offs are fine, but when you're talking about where does he need to improve, uh, he's he's still a little too easy. He has a physical edge, and we see him, he'll, he'll lay guys out in transition and along the wall and all that, but he's not making life miserable in front of his own net. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the other guys, other guys are having their can pretty, can pretty well jump in there and get into, get into his grill and push him around and bully him. Uh, and he's, he doesn't do his, his best defense is all about pre- preventing things from happening in the first Before place. They, yeah. Yeah. Because once they stopping once, it two steps ahead, exactly. Because once teams get established in the offensive zone, he's not very good uh, yet at uh, same at getting it out at his it's, corner work too. Right, and one of the key features I think why you look at Headman is dudes look up, see they're going into the corner with Headman, and go shit. And and yeah, maybe I don't want to do this. Yeah, yeah. Now the the one small caveat to that is Headman's eight foot nine. <laughs> well, and, and like that's he's a freak. Kill McCarr has to overcome that his entire career. He's got to figure it out. Yeah. So he's just gonna have to find a way to be effective. I mean, look at Sam Sam Gerard is five foot eight and 160 pounds. That dude has had to find ways to be effective in the NHL despite that. You know, and, and I'm not oh, I'm never sure. gonna I'm never gonna ding G for not being good in front of his own net because he just can't be. It's well, not no, something I'm, he'll I'm... be over to overcome. And McCarr, I think, has a better chance to get there and just to, to find ways. I mean, I'm not asking him to be Adam foot here. I'm not asking him to get dirty and dump guys and, and manhandle power forwards, you know, who have 40 pounds on him or whatever. That's not fair, but I, I really, you asked, you asked where, where does he have to get better? And I think that's probably the area of the game defensively that I would love to see him, uh, develop at some point. I mean, the guy's the, the the guy's a baby in the NHL. He's got lots of time to work on this. He's is, and that's where I think he needs to go next. All right, I'm giving well, the point I, to I AJ was... on this one because he I... did this without even bringing up Adam Fox. Yeah, well, so Adam I... Fox is just in the same boat as Kale McCarr, I think, where they're both very good, elite offensive defensemen in different ways. Um, Adam Fox has. Uh, he 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 might be this generation Sergei Gonchar, uh, where he is just an unbelievable distributor of the puck who could score enough goals to be competitive every year. Uh, but he is going to run an, a high level power play his entire career. Uh, he has unbelievable vision and anticipation, and just a sense for where guys are going to be. It's it's he truly looks like he's playing the game in slow motion at sometimes. Uh, where where he's able to just process things that you're just like I don't know how he sees this, and as a playmaker, I don't think McCarr is on the same in the same tier. But as a as a shooter and goal scorer, he's physically capable of things that Adam Fox can't dream of. Uh, and I think he's going to score way 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 more goals in his career than Adam Fox is. Two things with the Headman thing, I was mostly just saying. McCarr is never going to strike the same fear into players that Victor Hedman does because, mm. you, you, you know, going into the corners sure. and stuff like that. That was the only argument. Six, I was making. six, six was... two forty. What do you do? Right, right, right. right. Um, and 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 my the only other thing that I wanted to say in in defense of Kale McCarr 
since he's coming to the league, when was the last time you looked at points per game by a defenseman and Kale McCarr hasn't been number one? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and his offensive production is undeniable. Offensively, I don't think yeah. that I, I think that he is a singular talent. You know, he's taking on all comers, right? If first it was Quinn Hughes, who's like as pretender as it gets. And and now it's Adam Fox, who I think Adam Fox is super legit and and very, very, very good. Uh, but I'm I think I think what makes McCarr better than those guys is that at his absolute best, if you get if you get those guys on their best, best, best nights, Kale McCarr is winning you games and yeah. he does things he does things that just the other guys simply are not capable of. Well, I mean, la- last night's a good example. It's a great example. Where, where he just, the whatever goal that was, Rudo, was it the fourth or fifth goal? Fourth goal, I think. Um, yeah, it was the fourth goal just, where he just he, destroyed families. and yeah, He just, <laughs> he picks up the puck and you, you honestly felt that one about three seconds before the puck actually went in. Where he just finally was like, yep, this is done now. Yep. I feel like scoring a goal. I mean, I don't think there's any better way to put it than there is one defenseman currently on pace for 30 goals this year, and it's Kale McCarr. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There is another defenseman in the NHL now that Brent Burns is bad at everything that can keep up with him in scoring goals consistently for the next several years. When you said McCarr was changing the game, I don't think that that's true. Because uh, if teams go looking for the next Kale McCarr, they can't find it. He doesn't exist. Well, no, but he's, I mean, he's singular. Ki- kids that are playing hockey now, eight, nine, ten years old, like you will see more players like Kale McCarr in the future. You will, because uh, you will. I'm positive. <laughs> uh, and and again, they may not even be in the league when by the time he gets, you know, or by the time he retires. Um, but, but he is changing the way that defensemen play the game. Absolutely. So what have we learned? Go to DraftKings, bet on Kale McCarr for a point every single freaking night. Seems pretty easy. Hit up DraftKings Sportsbook right now. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account. Right now, they are running a Thanksgiving special with some free bets going on. Turkey Day has a no-brainer for you. New customers get a bet $1 on any Thanksgiving NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a single point. The game doesn't end in a 0-0 tie. You get $100 in free bets. So jump on that offer today with DraftKings Sportsbook and that DNVR sign-up code. Also for Thanksgiving games, all customers, this is not just new, but returning, using, currently, get a risk-free bet up to $25 if your same-game parlay doesn't win on a Thanksgiving football game. So it's a free $25 bet. If it doesn't work, you get to reload and shoot it again. Jump on it with DraftKings. Super safe, secure, and reliable. It's uh, it's dope. Right now, you can fire off your bets for Thanksgiving get super, super tired on Turkey, pass out, and then wake up richer in your DraftKings account. Pretty much that simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use that BNBR promo code to get the $1 bet for a chance, more like a guarantee, to win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. Uh, you can visit DraftKings.com sportsbook for more details. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Other terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com 
Again, for details, DraftKings is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And, of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. After which, you can check out Strava Craft Coffee, the CBD-infused coffee that has really helped people change lives. Jesse just ordered his uh, his Strava pods the other day, live on the show. So, if you didn't know, they do have pods for your Keurig. You can get it that way for your morning coffee. Super fast, super easy. You can get 25% off with code DNVR25 for your first order and then 20% off with their subscription service pretty much for the rest of your life after that. If you're not sure on it, we have cold brew Strava down at the DNVR bar, which you can try before you're by. Last but certainly not least, we have Hassle Cattle Company, which you can get 15% off for the holidays here. Get on it quick. The time is running out to use code DNVR15 to get that 15% off with Hassle. You can order yourself some Wagyu burgers or some super, super nice steaks, whatever you're feeling, as long as you don't cook them well done around here, all right? DNVR is not a well-done company. It's a it's a medium, rare, and below company. I like just the phrasing of DNVR yeah, is not, not a well-done well done company. company. <laughs> Doesn't sound great. Way to, way to dunk on us there. <laughs> anyway, check out Hassle. Go get yourself some delicious meats. And if you didn't know, we have a Rapids live show coming up later this evening to uh, to preview the events of Thanksgiving. Uh, if you bring- didn't know, the Rapids won the top seed in the Western Conference yeah. this year. And play on Thanksgiving Day. The playoff run Western begins. Conference finals, right? Begin Our guy game. behind the scenes, Yahir, will be on scene covering the game. Yep. So we got the coverage. I know like literally every couple of weeks someone drops into our show and is like, when are you guys going to get Rapids coverage? Well, here it is. So enjoy the Rapids coverage. The uh, The preview show is tonight. And, of course, they will have a post-game show on Thursday, too. So be sure to check all of that out on the rapids side of things here on the youtube which if you want to get notified for like this video subscribe to the channel help us out on that front here on youtube all right third period of the dnvr avalanche podcast presented by that DraftKings sportsbook the next question i'm I'm gonna need a little bit of help from you guys because we're going to talk about unrestricted free agents for the abs coming up and there are realistically three that are actually worth talking about for colorado that being Andre Burkowski, Nazem Kadri, and Val Nachushkin. Whoa, whoa, now, whoa, whoa. Darcy Kemper? Oh, Darcy Kemper, too. You're right. Okay, four that, that are worth talking about. Whoa, 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 whoa. Jack Johnson? Okay, shut up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I need you to pick one of them together that you agree is not going to be re-signed. Of those four? Of those four. And list them off one more time? Uh Burkowski, Kadri, Nichushkin, and Kemper. We have to agree on this? You have to agree on one of them that will not be re-signed. I don't think that Jesse's going to agree that the answer is Kadri. Oh, that's that's what I was going to say. I, I right. was going to say Kadri, yeah. Let's I, agree. I mean, I mean, what are you going to do, pay that guy 8.5? Like... <sighs> This is, the, I just, this is the problem, right? Right. I, I just, I, I. It's tough to have I, yeah, this conversation just, now. Right, 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 right. When it's, um, when it's, it, but if you, if you look at the bigger picture, all things considered, I think Kadri is the guy. And, I think and he's here, still and, odd man out. 
And, and here's the other part that, again, it's, it's hard to say this right now because of how well he's playing, but, like, is that not the one guy that, like, you think internally you have his built-in replacement? This is why. This is the other reason why. Um, and, look, to be honest, if he, if, he, if he keeps playing like this for some reason, if he ends up with a 100-point season out of nowhere, he prices himself out of Colorado anyway. <laughs> well, and, and especially because t- we were talking about it during the game last night, I said – if he has a 70-point season, and let's just say, right, let's just say for, for shits and grins, this is the year. They do it. They finally do it. And they go win the Stanley Cup, and he's a 2C on a Stanley Cup winning team. Seriously, that guy's getting 8 by 7 Oof. somewhere else. Eight by I mean, he's, he's 30 year old. Yeah, that's brutal. So... Yeah, eight by, 30, eight by five, then. thirty-one or thirty-two. Yeah, he's like, he's right like, in there. I don't know when his birthday get, is. He's gonna get four to six years at a pretty high dollar amount from someone. I think so too. I think maybe not seven. No, forgetting how old he is, maybe not seven. And but I, I think that dollar amount will be a mistake. But some team will definitely. Yeah. Do oh, absolutely. Oh, so he just turned absolutely. thirty-one last month. Absolutely, it'll be a mistake. So yeah, so so I'll say five years. Five I, I don't years. care. We're this isn't. It doesn't. It doesn't really matter. What matters is that we agree that you've Kadri agreed. is yeah, the guy yeah, yeah. that's on the <laughs> yeah, out. You've, yeah, you've agreed yeah. that Kadri is on the out. So we're going to separate just, this out. It's just hard to say that right now when he has twenty three points in fifty <laughs> games, he's fourth <laughs> well, in the NHL in scoring, but and he's, actually, he's carrying a Nathan McKinnonless offense. Like it's it's, just, it's hard to say right now. It's that's it's like shit. It's, it's, it's actually my, and my, what's so funny is my reason is actually because of everything you just said is why I think he, he, he's the odd man out. It's not because they don't want him, don't need him, wouldn't like to have him around. It's you're just not going to be able to afford that guy. Yeah. And, he's, he's priced himself out by playing too well. Right. Which amidst is all the him. other, all the other issues that were already there. And all then, right. and then all right. All right. Abs, you see this new hook start to, to yeah, to, we're good. Yeah. We're good. <clears throat> Cool. Kadri is out. Kadri's we agree <laughs> on this. We don't need to argue about the part. Kadri, Kadri, just don't want him to out. watch this and feel like we're trying to get rid of him. <laughs> if he wants to stay for four and a half million, he can stay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but oh yeah. Now that we have Kadri eliminated, we will be operating under the assumption that he's gone. AJ, you will be taking the two forwards. Jesse, you will be taking the goaltender. AJ, you have more leeway with two options. You can do it however you want, but you are up first. Why should the Avs resign these forwards? I have to take them both. However, you want to do it. <laughs> With you have the two forwards, you can take one. You can take both. You can take the other. Okay. Uh, so why I would prioritize them um, as we're seeing right now, this is two thirds of a second line that you can bring back, uh, and and have complementary skill sets that work well together. Uh, age-wise, they're right into your prime. They both fit right into your into the little window that you, that you're operating in right now, where the bulk of your team is right about the same age. So, yeah, these are these are both not problems. Mac and Byram are both not problems. We don't. There are enough real problems with the with the cap that we don't need to continue to invent shit. Um, with with Berkey and Nachushkin, though, it's. Nuke, Nuke, you know what you're comfortable now with what Val Val Nachushkin is is going to be able to give you. Uh, he gives you elite level defense from the wing. 
He's a middle six guy. He's going to be able to give you some offensive production. He drives the crap out of play on offense. He's got a little bit of a finishing problem, but that's okay because that's why you put him next to a high-level finisher like an Andre Burakovsky. Now, Burakovsky plays a little bit too soft at times, and he has games where you know he, he slips on that little marshmallow suit and he runs around and bounces off of stuff, and you just wonder how in the world is this guy an NHL player, and then he has three points. It's exactly what happened last night. He didn't play particularly well, and he had a three-point night. That's usually the mark of a pretty good NHL player that when you're not on, you find ways to be successful. You find ways to 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 some kind of production. And Berkey has done that in his Colorado tenure where he's been a top six fixture the entire time. He's not a top line guy. We're good with that. He is. He's perfectly cast on the right side as a compliment to Miko Rantanen. He's a, he's a very, very good shooter. He's got good size. He's a great skater. He really fits in with a, a lot of what Colorado does and a lot of Colorado's identity. And the combination of Nachushkin and Burakovsky, you have $29 million in cap space. That's two-thirds of a second line. You've got Alex Newhook that you have drafted and are developing and are seeing NHL success right now, as great as it has been with Nazem Kadri. It's not hard to look at Alex Newhook and say, if that guy continues to play pretty well and he keeps finding production, you slot him into your top six next year, let Kadri go get overpaid by Minnesota, and that and you put you put new hook in between Nichushkin and Burakovsky, you're done. You bring those guys back. They shouldn't combine, they shouldn't break the bank uh, of that 30 million. They're they're gonna be more expensive, obviously. Nichushkin especially is gonna get a raise off that two and a half. But they should be they should probably be in the 10 to 12 million range combined. And I think that for for two second line wingers, that's fine. Um, you'll probably have to bridge new hook to make money work with other considerations. But I think that's where I think that's where it makes the most sense to allocate those resources. Burkowski currently sitting on 13 points in 14 games this season. Val Nachushkin, six points in six games. And as we mentioned, the Avs have not lost yet this year with Val Nachushkin in the lineup. I, I hate records with guys in lineups because it, know, it's it dumb, like assigns them. It's like it's like wins and losses for goaltenders are bullshit for what we saw. Exact, last night was a wonderful <laughs> example of why. Um, but it's like, yeah, it's like, what's the Avs record with Curtis McDermott? Yeah, well. It's not it's not any good. Well, how many other guys were out during that time, right? If he played he guy averaged nine minutes of ice time, and the record is terrible. But Nichushkin plays 18 of 60 minutes, and it's like let the people have fun, AJ. Yeah, true. Let people like stuff. I always forget my own rule. <laughs> let people like stuff. All right. Jesse, convince us to like bringing Darcy Kemper back. I don't know how much convincing this should take, really, but yeah, look, I mean, I, I I don't think any of what AJ just said is wrong. Yeah. I also first want to point out that uh, when I started pulling up a lot of Darcy Kemper stuff, the first thing that came up was an article from fantasyhockey.com or whatever with a blurb about how Darcy Kemper was so bad he got pulled in a 7-5 to five win. It's like, didn't you didn't watch, watch the game, the, did you? <laughs> tell me you didn't watch the game. <laughs> telling me you yeah. didn't watch the game. <laughs> so that 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 just pisses me off. It's the first thing that comes up on Google. It's like great, we got we got these people out here. Number one result on Google. No, but but look, 
there was this this is a player that's been talked about a lot over the last five six months um you lost philip grubauer um and you had to go out and you had to move a, a, a nice haul of assets to bring in a goalie that that you really believed in right and the worry with that was, well, are you going to end up being right back in the situation that you just gave up assets to get out of? And to me, that alone, that alone, and I understand why Darcy Kemper maybe wouldn't have done it, but like if they would have extended him in the offseason before he even played a game, I don't think anyone would have really batted an eye. Darcy Depends Kemper. What that looks like. Right. Oh, oh, for sure. Yeah, obviously. Um, but you know, this is someone who you're not going based off of, wow, he was really hot. You know, this isn't Nedeljkovic in Detroit, right. Where he had one season where it was like, whoa, that was one that partial was top... season. Right. Right. That you know, that guy is still rookie eligible this year. Is he really? That's how partial of a season it was. Right. Exactly. So it's not like they went out and moved a first and a high end prospect for a guy like that, that you're saying, wow, we think that's you know, repeatable Darcy Kemper has a career's worth of, of, of work that says this dude is a top tier goaltender. He's got international that, that says it. Um, and, and, and he's got multiple years in the NHL that say, this is a top tier goaltender capable of, of winning games sometimes on his own. Um, he's got playoff experience dating all the way back to 2014 uh, when he came in and actually kind of shut the abs down and, and helped kind of lead a comeback from the Minnesota wild uh, in, in, in game seven. Um, that's honestly another great point right there. <laughs> um, that comment on the screen um, before you even get to any of Kemper's pros himself. Uh, but, but, you know, he, he's got playoff experience. Obviously he's never gotten over the hump um, himself, but I just think that this is a guy with, with, what you know about his career, given what you've already seen from him early in this season, as he is still settling into this team, this system, these players, um, I think he's already given you enough that if they gave him the contract they offered Grubauer tomorrow, I'd be fine with it. And, and honestly, for me, not only would I be fine with it, I think that's what they should do. Get this locked up. Get this behind you. Um, and, and don't, you know, don't even leave this one up for grabs. What's He's, the dollar amount? Uh, what was it? Five and a half. Okay. Five, five to five and a half for four or five years. And, and I think you've got, I think you've got a number one that is capable of winning you two Stanley cups in that window. Uh, as Chet has, has started to allude to here, Concerns about the injury problems potentially with Darcy Kemper. He really only has one proper full season as a starting goaltender. Yeah, um, you've you've always got the concerns, right? But you had the concerns with Varlamov. You decided to move on from him, and he's had now three consecutive healthy seasons uh, where he's played at near Vesna caliber. Um, you had the concerns with Grubauer. I mean, look, the, the, the workload for goaltenders has changed for this exact reason. Goalies were getting hurt far too often. Um, and 
you, you lighten the workload, right? You got free. Well, fuck. You're supposed to have Francois who could help lighten that up. You've got Eustace Annan and coming who looks like he's starting to find his groove in the AHL. To me, this is the perfect kind of, you know, pass the torch. If that's the guy that you are really believing in as an organization saying, we believe that we have finally drafted a guy we can develop into an NHL goaltender. Then you sign Kemper for five years beyond this one. And in year five, he's truly splitting with Ananen and maybe he ends up taking that net over, um, you know, in, in Kemper's 35, 36 year. Um, uh, no, I don't think Ananen's ready to back up next year. Probably uh, you, you can't at this current moment, you can't plan for that. No, 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 no. Um, he's someone that maybe if he keeps progressing, I could see him playing a game or two next year doing the Adam Werner thing, you, maybe get him in a game. You'd love to see him establish himself as a solid third number three next yeah. year, right? That's yeah, like yeah. the quickest timeline you're realistically he, hoping for. There, There's a guy who's benefiting a lot from Franco's being out as like shitty as that is to say. Eustace Annanen appreciates the reps. Yep. So does um, Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I, th- to me, this is, look, I, I, like I said, I agree with a lot of what AJ said. I was a huge Nachushkin supporter when they first brought him on. Fuck, I said that Burakovsky was going to score 30 goals. Like I, These are players that I like. I think they're important pieces for the Avs. Um, but if you don't have a goalie, it doesn't matter how many goals you score. Um, you, you need someone back there. You need someone reliable. Um, you need someone that you're going to have confidence is going to stop that next puck. And Rudo, you actually even pointed it out last night. Kemper had a really off, really weird night. He wasn't, he was fighting the puck all night, but then they scored that fifth one and he made a, just like a really confident, calm stop. And you said, yep, Kemps has got this. Like he just has that about himself. Again, you go back to last summer um, at the, at the world championships, he joined a, a team Canada that was floundering. Who was it they lost to like France or something like that? I think it was Latvia. Latvia. And Darcy Kemper comes in and just flipped the switch and took them all the way to a gold medal with, with a Canadian team that really wasn't as good as, as um, you know, you normally see. He, he's just got that ability that when it's time to turn it on and shut things down, he can do it. When you've got someone like that already within your organization, you're not having to bring someone in and pay, um, you know, unrestricted free agency money. Uh, to me, that's that's got to be your number one target. That's got to be the number one thing you deal with um, this summer after you get everything, all the I's dotted and T's crossed with Nathan McKinnon. Okay. AJ, any counterpoints quickly? Uh, I mean, I think it's it's tough because – Goalies really, are important. Yeah. yeah I'm, which one is harder to find? Sure. Second line second, – multiple second line guys or a goaltender? That that market is way more flush with skaters every single year. I mean, we saw Tomas Tatar waited how long to get a yeah. contract this year, and that guy could that guy could fill in on a second line and you know easily. Yep. Uh, and on a second line, and and there there's just guys like that all the time that are available. Starting caliber, start like high level starting goaltenders. Matt, don't need to rehash the numbers, but let's assume Kemper gets signed. Which forward do you bring back, Berkey or Nuke? Nuke. Okay. Yeah. He just he just brings a little bit more consistency. Burkovsky's got that easy goal <laughs> ability. You'd like to see him both, but um, I think if you're picking 
You got to just pick one. Um, Nichushin's got a really tough skill set to find. All right, and he's he's elite at what he does. Actually, elite at what he does. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna serve this one to both of you. For your own sake, you can keep it relatively brief, but at least give me a little bit of a defense of this indefensible take. Oh God! Tell me why Martin Brodeur is better than Patrick Waugh. Uh, so it's, I, I want to say the longevity thing. Um, I mean, he played more than 200, 200, 200 plus games more than Patrick Waugh did. Um, and there is something to say for that. Uh, you know, he, he played in the post lockout era, uh, where the technology really started advancing. The training really started advancing. The players got better. Players got quicker. Um, and, 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 you know, so, so I like for a lot of those reasons are why I, I think that Yager doesn't get enough love for like being in the greatest of all time conversations. The fact that Yager played in as many eras as he did and had 60 points in whatever that was 2015 or whatever. Um, like there is something to say for players that have that ability. Um, where you lose a little bit of that with Martin Brodeur was those last few years were, um, Yo, he had a but, 16 save shutout against the Avs. Yeah, the in his Blues. last ever game. Yeah. His, his, his last ever, I believe it was either his last ever game or the, his last game against the Avs. Yeah, he shut him out on 16 saves. It was brutal. I was at that game. Um, it's too bad hey, the Avs weren't. <laughs> nailed it. Zing. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to steal one from the chat. He scored a goal. He's he's exactly 0.2 seconds better than Patrick Waugh. All right. I need at least one answer from AJ because I know this hurts him the most. There is no answer. Soft. I, I, Soft. I say, I, I've got to be very clear in I think Patrick Waugh is better than Martin. I think Patrick Waugh is better than Martin Brodeur was. But I mean, he's he's got the wins. Uh <laughs> Playoffs, playoff shutouts. Martin Brodeur, I think, is like way ahead. Like way ahead. All right. Jesse clearly wins the show because he actually tried on the last question. So that's an easy dub for Jesse. <laughs> I'm not trying to go to hell. <laughs> uh, Anything for the content. Let's go. We're going to get out of here for the day, chat. Hope you enjoyed the the fun little debate show. Something we'll do again on a, on a slow day, I'm sure. So if you liked it, let us know in the YouTube comments, especially the, the people watching after the fact. Thank you to everyone watching, listening, however you consume. We appreciate it so very much. Uh, we're back tomorrow with uh, another pregame, postgame combo. So we hope to see you on those shows. Until then, have a good one.